0: Hey everybody, Uncle Mike here. Today is March 15th, Ides of March, and I got something interesting for you today. It is um, an interview with Hotep Jesus, and this is this is my first attempt at, <laughs> at interviewing someone. So a tip of the hat to all of you out there who are interviewers. It is a um, uh, I have a newfound respect because it is not an easy, it is not an easy skill to do. But nonetheless, uh, I did my best for my first time and hopefully I'll do some more interviews. I, I, I think I'm going to, I would like this. Um, The interview, Uh, the reason why I reached out to Hotep Jesus is because he's got a, a a very different approach than what I do. And I think it's always important to go look at different approaches. And what I mean by that is like, I got a general idea that, that, the uh um the goal is to escape the matrix and as you're going to see in this interview we talk about a whole bunch of different things his perspective is like listen you understand what the matrix is and then this is how you walk in both worlds so i think it's a really really good um comparison and i don't think anyone should ever follow anyone's path but they should take it Take information from as many different sources and then find your own. And so that was my motivation for this. I hope you guys enjoy it. Put your comments down there. Tell me what you thought, what you, what you like, what you didn't like. And uh, we'll go from there. Thanks a lot. We're good. Hey, everybody. We got uh, <laughs> uh, Uncle Mike is here. And this is going to be a really, really special video. Um, so like... Uh, Last week, I was on a, a panel show of, of a bunch of people, you know, experts in the the realm of um, of the occult the esoteric. I suppose I fall in that uh, in that category. And there are a bunch of people who were on there, and we had this conversation, and it was. Um, it was it was a bit of a goat rodeo. I mean, it was just like all over the place. And you know, I'm just I'm just sitting back and I'm enjoying it, and I'm participating anyway, which I thought that I could add some value. And for the most part, at the most part, though, it felt like to me to be this very like kind of like intellectual like conversation. And everyone's talking about this this idea or these ideas of the invisible world and what it is and how it works and so forth. And um you know, I'm sitting there thinking that, you know, no one's discussing the, the the elephant in the room. It's like, what the hell are we gonna do with this knowledge right now? <laughs> Cause you know the world's changing. You know, we've moved off of study to application. And so in the midst of this conversation, there's a there's a gentleman in there, Hotep Jesus, and he starts saying stuff and he's starting asking questions and he's saying all of this stuff, and it's like I, I'm I'm getting really, really um Drawn into this particular part of the conversation, what what this gentleman is sharing, and then and then you know if you remember last week I was talking a bit about money and currency specifically, and then sure enough the conversation went there with with Hotep, and so immediately afterwards I uh, I, I got his email from from the the person who booked us, and I asked him I was like hey man I thought that uh, we might be able to have a really interesting conversation and. Um, and I was I was uh, lucky enough that he responded back. And he was like, yeah, let's go see where this goes. And so it is with that, my friends, without any further ado, I wanna to introduce to everyone, uh, probably many of you already know him, but if you don't, I would certainly recommend that you do. Mr. Hotep Jesus.
1: Thank you, Mike. Uncle Mike, thank you for having <laughs> me, man. Appreciate you. <laughs>
0: definitely, definitely. So I was, hey. hoping, I was hoping we could start this. So let's let let's begin this. And this is as much for me as it is for everyone else because I was explaining to uh, Hotep before the call. Like um, you know, I live in I live in a vacuum. I live in a vacuum. And yeah. so there's a lot of people out there who like really really good people that I'm just unaware of just because I'm in my own space right now. And um, it has since come to my attention, since scheduling this call, that, that, that um, Hotep here, he's got, he has uh, a a sizable a sizable um, influence out there in the world. His voice is carried, and he's able to go and communicate and affect, uh, uh, you know, a lot of people. He's connecting with a lot of people through the internet, and so. Um, but I didn't know that. So obviously anytime we see someone who's able to go and create and connect with people like that, that's an indication of a certain uh, el- caliber of energy, caliber of message, all of those sort of things. And I don't know, I don't know anything about Mr. Hotep Jesus. So if you'll do me a favor, and do and maybe do the audience and i'll be happy if you want me to do the same back for you is if you could just give me like just a brief introduction like you know tell me how it is that you uh you want to be perceived how what lens am i taking you from share with me anything you want to do so we can get this started
1: uh perceived perceived as an intellectual as a conscious being that's how i'd like to be perceived you know i don't want to be perceived as anybody other than an intellectual—that's what I'm gonna be known for. Somebody who is thinking outside of the box, uh, challenging the the normal way of doing things, the orthodox way of doing things. Right? Um, I don't. But at the day, I really don't care. I just say that because I, I'd rather that than you label me as something else that's false. Right? Like some people might say, "Hey, he's a black conservative." Like, no, don't label me as that. Right? <laughs> um, you know, people ask me, "What am I?" I usually just say, "I'm HoTep." you know, based upon the uh, um organization. But um, yeah, uh, I joke around and say, uh, I'm a reincarnated ascended master. <laughs> you know, and, and the the premise behind that is, is just how lucky I was. You know, I was uh, born to a two family household, semi-affluent and uh, my dad was a mystic or is a mystic. You know, so I was raised by a mystic.
0: How does he feel about where you are now?
1: Uh he loves it. He loves it. You know, yeah. Um, yeah he's he's very proud of where I am right now. Um, me and my dad are very very close. Yeah. Got gotcha. guy. Gotcha. Yeah. That's a beautiful
0: thing. Do you have uh, any children? Four. You have children, so you, so you know that you have any boys.
1: Two, twins.
0: Wow. Yeah. How well I've got two boys myself and not twins. But like, Mm. you know, when you start going through that process, and you begin to recognize, like, you know, everything that it means to be a father, and then if you can go and then reflect that, and like, what you know what your dad must think about you as his son, you know, that's, that's, uh, it it really, you can't appreciate it until you're, you've, you've experienced it your own way. So that's a beautiful story for sharing that
1: yeah you can't you can't even put that into words there's no words man can, can create to explain that feeling of having a son let alone twin boys yeah yeah to carry on the name <laughs> and the lineage and the dna yeah, yeah you just can't put that into words yeah i yeah
0: I could you go and uh, just a little bit deeper into the, the hope tech nation
1: no Uh, The two things I don't talk about in podcasts, uh, because I feel like it's just a waste of time, is uh, what is Hotep in the Starbucks incident? But um, what we can do is we can go to hotepnation.com. If you're on mobile, hit the burger menu and navigate to FAQ. Um, And uh, if not, um, uh, if you're on desktop, you can just hit the FAQ at the top of the page and it'll take you right there and you'll get all your information there.
0: There we go. There we go. If you if you've not been enticed. (laughs) Uh, All right. All right. So, so uh, what I want to do is I want to start with the heavy hitters, like I'm going to start with some big questions and then maybe narrow down. So uh, other people, they like to go the other way, but 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 I want to go. I want to start big. And I think that um, and I'm really excited to hear where you go with this. So always start big. walk me through walk me through whether it's like your understanding or like the model of whatever this thing is we're experiencing like you know reality like being in human bodies on earth like how do you how how does that go through your lens and how do you articulate it whether that's philosophically or, or like mystically or rationally or some combination like you just go to town you
1: be more specific
0: so like life, like experience, what the hell is going on? Are we living inside of, of God's body? Are we this? Like, how is it that you that you, that you make sense, like in a general way of, mm. of this experience of being here, being alive?
1: I don't. I don't give a fuck. You don't give a fuck? I don't give a fuck. Well, what I'm here. It? What is like, it? Does it matter? <sighs> it's not like you can change it if you found out what it was so so right so so when the people ask you what is god right well there's only one word that can describe god and that is unfathomable you can't even take god and put it into words right so then you so then you start dealing with these different theories right you're dealing with the theory of are we in a simulation um then you start dealing with the theory of you know we're light beings and we're here inside these physical vessels, God experiencing itself through the human consciousness, right? And all of that stuff, right? And it's like, cool, like, after you pick one, what do you do then, right? Like, what yeah. are you going to do? Is it is that going to change your life? Because at the end of the day, you still have to live this life, you still have to. So, you know, if I were to pick one, I would say the purpose all right so let's 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 go back to the fact that all is one right so if we believe that all is one then you am i and i am you right so i'm experiencing myself through how you um experience yourself and our interaction is helping me understand myself because you and i am i am you right cool so that means everybody on this planet is is one we are all one we are all each other so some people believe that if you live a righteous life then you go on and you can uh, ascend to the next level. Well, no, 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 you're not separate from us. We are all one. We all have to ascend at the same time. All of human consciousness has to ascend at the same time and then that's when you'll have the moment of uh, inclusion and, and we come back to the oneness, right? And then maybe maybe as a whole, we go to the next level, but you can't just say, hey, you know, I. Past this course and I'm moving on to the next level. No, you're stuck here with us, bro. Because we're we're all one consciousness. We're all one soul. Um, um, fragments of the Oversoul, right? So you can go with that, right? So then you, then you then you start dealing with um, the individual. I guess you can say, right? And you say, well, here I am experiencing this thing called life. So what's the purpose? Well, the purpose is to learn. The purpose is to create. The purpose is to like one of my teachers told us, he said, we can't carry everybody to the mountaintop, but we gotta carry some people. So in in Spanish, the word pastor means shepherd. And the, the fact of the matter is, is majority of people on this planet are sheep, and sheep need shepherds. So we gotta take some of these people and we have to lead them, right? Some people are wolves, because they haven't ascended. But the rest of us who are pastors or shepherds, we have to lead the people to righteousness, so if you were born like I am into such a, you know, fortunate situation, our job is to grab the people and take them to the mountaintop. so that they can have higher consciousness. So when they reincarnate the next lifetime, their consciousness will be better. You hear this thing sometimes people say, oh, you got an old soul, right? That means you have, have, have had many um, incarnations, right? And some people haven't had as many incarnations, which is why they don't understand this world so so much. Whereas for me, it's fairly easy to understand this stuff and pick up on things intuitively, well, because I've had many incarnations. And usually, you know, you um. Your current incarnation is uh, a reflection of your past life, and saying, "Hey, you know, mm-hmm. whatever your faults are, this is something you have to overcome from a past life to proceed and get better on the next life." But um, I don't spend time on on these subjects like that. I feel like that is a complete waste of time. Um, you can study that and have some sort of understanding, but it still is going to come back to what are you doing with your time? What are you doing with your life? What are you building? What are you creating? Whose life did you change? Who did you help? Because even if it's a simulation and you know, or you believe in the Bible, you're going to be judged at the end. So you better start doing because either, either you're going to be judged or you're going to have to reincarnate based upon your actions. Either way, you're going to be judged at some point. If you follow ancient Kemet, you know, you're going to be um the weight against the weight of a feather, you know, uh, the laws of my art, eye. my art's going to judge. You. So, you know, they're going to take your soul and on one side of the uh, on one side of the uh, weight uh, scale. And then on the other side, I'm going to put a feather. And if your soul is heavier than a feather, you fail. <laughs> this is how he did it in the ancient Kemet, or this is how the story goes. <laughs> So, you know, I live my life to be light as a feather, have my soul be light as a feather.
0: That's a nice way of putting it. That's a nice way of putting it. So, no. So and and it's funny because this is the 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 we're we're having a little dance because I said this in the beginning. I said this like, you know, what's the lens we should look at you? And you're like, don't you put me in a lens, don't, but if you gotta put me in a box, put me in the box. I'm like, what's your model of reality? You're like, don't you make me give you a bottle? So so it's funny. We're playing this game. I hope people are, are watching this. And so it's what I'm calling what I'm doing, I refer to it as naming consciousness. You know, there's all these different types of consciousness and it's like, uh, and naming consciousness is just that it's like when you put a name to something and naming consciousness can be very helpful. Like at certain times it's helpful to have a naming consciousness. This is shit you eat and this is shit you don't eat. Like, you know, but at the same time, every time we do naming consciousness, we're re we're reaffirming in a deeper part of our head that like something separate, Well, I'm calling you this, that means you're not that. And you're just saying, yeah, the whole. But but so so this is where I'm interested. This is my this is Mike's personal thing. So so I like this idea. What I think is really important is understanding models so that so that then we can um, have some grasp of what we're working with. And then you drop it like the whole idea of like the, the spoken Dao is not the true Dao. like, you know, it's talking about, like, you know, naming stuff. So I ask these questions, I ask these questions, these naming questions, not so much like they matter, but also recognizing like, you know, this is one way of, of perceiving or at least a point of reference. To me, the consciousnesses which I find, which I find helpful or better is like, you know, you got the whole matrix like going through the system, like it, it encourages and, uh, 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 naming consciousness. Like everything is being measured, everything's getting named, all that sort of stuff. Um, but there's, as I said, there's a point, and so I'm mostly interested in communicating a model and an understanding, not to say that it's like the right one, I'm just saying this is the one I talk about, of of consciousness and reality for just the purpose of giving people uh, uh, at least a starting point of beginning to name something which you did not even know, which also has a, has a benefit that being consciousness. so the other ones being like uh open consciousness like that's like the observation without the naming, then the last being union consciousness of like, okay, I kind of know this is something and i'm I'm open, but I'm going to blend. So all that said, so like the general way, which, which I like to look at, and I think this is very complimentary. is like, I, I say there are three realities and you know, this is the way I'm looking. So we start with the simulation and I just use that term, not because I think it's a computer simulation. That's just the, the term of the times. The simulation refers to the fact that physical baseline reality, uh, like the natural world, it's not what we see. It's not what it seems, you know, all the ancient cultures say that they're like, no, nah, this is illusion. This is a dream time. This is that your atoms and atoms are all empty. It's like, it's not what it is. So it's like the recognition, like, okay, uh, this isn't what it seems. I don't know what it is. So like, that's the simulation and it is nature before names. The moment you put names to something, you're looking out like, wow, look at that maple tree, look at this, like, you know, you're, you're applying matrix thinking to the simulation, which is fine, but I want to be able to articulate this. You got the matrix, you got matrix and a matrix, that's all man-made shit. The matrix refers to the big one, but like every culture has to have a matrix. This is a language, this is words, this is naming, but that's the least real, but it feels like the most real and then you got the greater reality which is whatever the hell all of this is existing in and that's like the invisible forces and structures like that's as far as i like to go with it um but that being said like that's my lens i'm not saying it's the right lens but i think it's a nice way of looking at things and 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 like meeting different ways because we all got we all have to have some lens uh so what i'm most interested though and the reason why i want to share this like i suppose this is always interesting like whenever you you know like mystics or whatever label we want to say people who are interested in talking about the greater reality and putting consciousness to the greater reality that which can't really be understood um you know it's always like an interesting path but right now right now on earth there is something very different happening. There is a, uh, the shift of the form of the matrix is changing before our eyes. Like it's been going slow, but we're in the middle of a handoff, however long that lasts. Um, How do you, with your, with your, with your approach, how you meet life. Like, how do you meet? And and maybe you you don't agree with me. Maybe you think that that something um, major isn't happening, but like, how do you meet, like what's going on in the world right now? All of this seeming like collapse of one and rebuilding another and changing of ways of life on earth. What do you mean? Like, do you think, in my opinion, in my opinion, now is the time for people to if there's ever been a time for people to escape the matrix and so to me what that means or at least it begins with consciousness um it's always been an individual story but right now uh now's the time where it is most evident that the emperor has no clothes that it's all fake but like you said most people are are they don't understand that they're asleep so let's How do you, do you meet that? Do you take that approach? Do you look at this time, like, you know, your journey as an individual in this collective one at this moment?
1: I don't know, I never thought about it. I don't, you know, when I think about this moment, um, you know, I, I, I don't think it's this moment. I think that everything that's happening right now is really a natural progression to enlightenment. You know, I, I feel like I don't feel like right now is the moment. You know, if I were to choose a moment where human consciousness would arise, I'd probably say it's gonna be in the year three thousand sometime if the earth is still here. I don't see I don't see anything considerable happening in this time period at all. Um the uh, communists are taking more and more control. They have slowly taken more and more control over the years. Um, they, uh, there's a lot of censorship happening, so on and so forth. Um, I feel like if there was a moment, the moments behind us, <laughs> the moment should have happened, you know, a while ago. I feel like the the more technology takes over the the least conscious we become the less time we spend with ourselves and our family you know even when you deal with this you know so uh social distancing thing this is all things to pull people away from consciousness to pull people away from each other so you know there's a there's a there's a force um there that is trying to pull people away from each other in consciousness and i don't feel i don't feel like this is the moment at all um you know, if we were to follow numerology is probably in the year 3000.
0: So, so you, you mentioned, you mentioned technology. And so one of the reasons why I'm, I'm talking about like now is the moment, because uh, there is a concerted effort of a certain new technology to be introduced into the human species, which has not been introduced before. And so undoubtedly we've been on this merging path for some time but like right now there seems to be more than ever before, more than what we've known from actual experience before. Like, you know, like there's a line in the sand, there's a line in the sand. And and there are gonna be some people who are not gonna go one direction, and one people who are not gonna go in the other direction or who the people who are not going to go down the path that's being laid before them. What do they do? Like, where, where do they, What options do they have? And I don't mean that necessarily physically, but the people who aren't going down the path of what the the control system is laying out for them. Like, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to go and play your games. I'm not going to take your serum. I'm not going to go and do this technology. I'm recognizing that if I don't say no now, I never will. And there's going to be a good portion of people, but Mm -hmm. those people, but those people are recognizing it maybe for a variety of reasons. Um, but their entire—if they're going to walk away from the matrix, which is what they're going to be asking, or at least at least hurdling it very difficultly—they're um, going to have to change. They're going to have to change exactly the way which they are have been doing things before. And they're going to have to—if they're going to survive—they're going to have to look at things from a different way. And to me, that all speaks of changing consciousness. You know, mm-hmm. it's what I'm just describing it from the opposite side. Uh, mm. So I, I find it like, you know, there's a there's a division right now, like between like some humans and other humans, they're gonna go this way or that way. I mean, do, do you see that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, but that's always been like that, right? There's always been a divide. That's, mm-hmm. that's what makes us different. Give, give me
0: another example of when there's been a divide that that's been like this this like universal like everyone is being is being put in more or less the same like make this choice right now and and, and certainly there have been I'm just trying to wrap my mind around it.
1: I mean, the introduction of politics has created division: um, federalists versus anti-federalists. Um, You know, natives versus colonists, there's always some sort of divide. There's
0: always some sort of divide. But this one is a little bit different because they're asking you to go and affect your actual physical body in terms of how it works inside. Right. Like, I mean, that's a little bit different than like the.
1: But we've passed we've passed that threshold a long time ago. We introduced we introduced the uh, needle for polio and they introduced it for a hep b for for all of You're these absolutely things right about that all right like that's why i said like if there was a moment we've passed it already like the like right. like like the, the last moment of freedom was like 1913. if there was if there was and the funny thing about 1913 is when you got The Rosicrucian and um, Noble Drew Ali with the Morris Science Temple are born in that same year. So that was, I feel like that was like the last year that people needed to rise of consciousness and see, you know, the evil that was coming about. Um, But I mean, that's when that was like the real, for me, that was the last like chance you had to preserve any freedom. But I mean, the thing is, I think people are looking at the United States as some bastion of freedom and it never was. You, You know, from the very start you had uh, arguments and, uh, among Supreme court justices about what, what is sedition, what is freedom of speech and what is freedom of press? There was no agreements as a whole, right? Some said you're free. Like when it comes to freedom of press, they would say, uh, you're free to write whatever you want, but you're not free from conviction or indictment so go ahead and write it we're not going to say anything wrong with writing it but you could be charged you know and and, and brought up as a criminal for sedition and treason or, or things like that right so stamp act tariff acts all types of uh, you know even the 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 inception of the scc is a violation of the first amendment they stopped on the second amendment. And we, you know, it, you ever heard of this phrase, you got to nip it in the bud. Mm-hmm. It's a full grown tree now dog. <laughs> we, missed opportu- we missed the opportunity to nip it in the bud a long, long time ago. We're in a state right now where it's time to save yourself. That's where we are. We're in the stage of save yourself. And in saving yourself, you might inspire somebody to save themselves too. Because they're going to watch how you save themselves you see the system is actually designed for the intellectual right so some people are going to be forced into the system others are going to be exempt from it because they're going to know how to manipulate case law i'm going to be putting out a document full of case law that'll make people exempt from the things that the government do simply by mastering law And it's one of the ten Hotep commandments master law and finance if you master law and finance you're exempt from all of these things in the world right if you for example joe biden just raised the income tax right on the rich well people think that's going to boost the uh the income uh for the government well it's not because all they're going to do is get savvy move money offshore move it into different investment vehicles and be exempt from that tax and they're going to pay less tax than they were before even with the hike in tax so again the system can create all types of things, but un- un- unless you're going to sit down and figure out the loopholes, you're going to be subject to the jurisdiction. You don't have to be subject to the jurisdiction if you understand how to read the law. So some of us are going to be forced into these predicaments and other of us are some of us are going to be exempt. I'm going to be exempt. Maybe you guys might be under the jurisdiction of what this government says. I won't be, because I have a team of lawyers that we sit down and we study case law with. Uh-huh. So I'm saving myself, and and I can't save everybody because if I try to save everybody, I won't save myself, and I won't save my family. Now the problem is everybody is fully enabled and capable of doing this, but they'd rather complain about the Grammys or some other you know things going on in life. Yeah, you know, I I'm over here building tech companies and studying law and history and exposing facts to people, but I spend my time studying. You know, if you want to raise your conscience, you got to spend your time studying make intellectualism cool again. You know, you ask me again, what do I want to be seen as an intellectual? Why? Because I think everybody needs to be seen as intellectual. The only reason why the government can pull this stuff over our head is because you have a full nation of unintellectual people. You have a, a, a government who has told you to social distance, wear masks and um, wash your hands, but they've mentioned nothing about the immune system. There's, no, there's nobody out here uh, from the government saying, hey, you know, your immune system has an innate immune system, an interferon system, an adaptive system, the gut, brain, axes, and all these things work together to fight disease. And when you uh, put a needle in there, it skips over the innate and an interferon system and attacks the adaptive system, which throws the whole thing into uh, a haywire and it creates autoimmune deficiencies because the adaptive system is waiting for a signal from the interferon system and never got that signal. So now its response is completely different than how it would normally be. Like nobody's going to explain that to you. You know, when you talk about somebody comes along with the mRNA vaccine, and the mRNA vaccine uh, uses the RNA to co- communicate with the cytoplasm. The cytoplasm communicates with the DNA inside the nucleus and then back to the cytoplasm. People will say it's not altering your DNA, but they're also saying that there's not a guarantee that it won't alter your DNA. But again, you know, if you're not talking to a, a, a You know, when you talk about things, now you say to somebody, hey, you know the difference between the antigen and the pathogen? No, okay, then like, how are you even help that person, right? Like, how can you help these people? If people understood themselves, the government would be inept. They would be impotent. The power is intelligence. You want to be exempt from this government? Practice intelligence. They can't defeat you in intelligence. You know what they? You know what they do when intelligent people enter the courtroom? They bring you in the back in the secret room and they say, "All right, sign this paper. All right, you can go home." That's what they do to intelligent people. And the rest of the hoi polloi are subject to the jurisdiction of the bench, aka the bank. <laughs> now, if everybody was intellectual, the government would be rendered impotent. But people don't. People don't want to read. They don't want to learn. So fuck them.
0: So how does that how does that because you you make very valid points so so the two questions I have well the first one is like um and maybe you could clarify this is this is my assumption you you are 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 finding the path where you're able to make your own way through the corrupt system yeah. I'm not trying to leave the system, I'm just trying to like, I, I'm going to understand how this, how the system fundamentally works, what are the nuts and bolts of it, and by doing so, then I am not, I'm not caught in that, in the limitations of of being ignorant. Right. Um, so, we also talked about this in the beginning, we talked about this in the beginning about this idea of like, uh, I think use the word shepherd. Um, and so like a responsibility, like, you know, like, uh, the responsibility of most people are sheep and what the shepherd of the pastor's responsibility is to like, I got to take you to the mountaintop because you don't know. So how do you, how, how do you balance those two things? Like, you know, it's, it's, how do you balance that?
1: Um, I don't, you see, if you want to help somebody else, you help yourself. Uh-huh you know i i'm a public figure people see me by just being me people are inspired to be them people are, oh my god you changed my life did i great excellent glad to see it but did i say hey today i'm gonna try and change somebody's life i'm gonna rescue the world because when i did try that i was wholly ineffective but when i focused on myself I was highly effective. You you, 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 you don't even change your kids by trying to talk to them. You gotta give examples. You gotta be what you want them to be. You have to be that, you know. It's like discipline. You can't teach discipline. You can't teach what you don't got, right? So I don't I don't attempt to save anybody. I just know that by being an example i'm going to save people people are people just going to naturally follow me because they go this guy knows the hell he's talking about i'm following this guy i'm going to listen to what he says and i'm going to follow his footsteps right so that's me being a shepherd right and then i just walk up the mountain and the people follow me right and i'll show them the way and i'm following other shepherds because Mm -hmm. there's somebody more enlightened than me who i'm going to be following like okay Mm -hmm. hey hey, y'all follow me he's going this way right and it's probably other people behind me. So it depends on the level of enlightenment you're at, right? So I don't I don't attempt to try to save the world. I just know that my work is already doing that because people are telling me.
0: Very nice way to put it. And 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 I I think that uh like there, there there's that balance. There's that balance of, of like recognizing what it is that you're doing for other or how you impact other people. And this is true for all of us. We're always impacting people, like you know, yeah. depending upon the size the, the how how loud our voice is, how far our voice carries, like you know, is the size how far you go and you
1: um, how far you can impact. But uh it's it's for example tell somebody hey um this is how you start a business right and they're like or or for example you got somebody goes to school for business and they say oh yeah you know you talk to a professor it's like professor what business have you started i haven't started any how can you be a professor of business if you never started a business that doesn't make any sense right so they say hotel oh, jesus how do you start a business well i can show you how i have nine of them <laughs> hey i've I've had many successful businesses over the year. I have a successful business. I am a successful business, right? So, you you, you can lead by example, but you got to see who has already done what they said. So, when we talk about like manifesting things, right? It's like, well, what have you manifested? Show me, right? Believe. Seeing is believing. So I, I do magic, and then people go, oh, yeah, this guy's on his shit. Right? He's on his shit. I do the impossible, and people go, he's on his shit, right? So it's part intellectual, it's part intuition. The, the two work together in tandem. The intuition inspires the intellectual. So I just let the, intel, I, I just, I, see here's the thing with the intellect and the intuition. Intuition can only speak to you at the level of your intellect, for example. If you wanted to put a rocket in space, but you couldn't do one plus one intuition can't show you how to put the calculations together to put the rocket in space, you first have to bring yourself to the level of trigonometry and physics. To the point where, when it imbued you with the final algorithm you go ah I got it, I understand right even even um, Einstein says a lot of his thinking he'd space out right. He'd sit down in the chair and he would just completely space out and then he thoughts to be imbued and come into his mind inspired by you know the afterlife or the afterworld or the other world or the ether, or whatever you want to call it right. So it's like you still have to work on your your physical consciousness, so that when the intuition wants to speak to you it can speak to you at the level that you're at and the higher you increases increase your intelligence, the higher your intuition can inspire you. So I focus on my intelligence. I focus on reading. I focus on, on on knowing more so that I can understand more when intuition comes to me and it can lead me to higher, higher, higher feats. Um, and that's just sort of how I just live my life. It's just like learn, 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 and then execute, learn and execute, learn, execute, learn, execute, and let inspiration and let intuition inspire you. Um, What was the question though? because <laughs> I', I sure'm
0: because like, we yeah, well what, so you talk about all the stuff which you do to to feed and to develop and further develop the intellectual muscle what do you do or do you do anything that to feed or or further develop the intuitive muscle
1: Oh, uh, um well two examples um one is don't check I don't check my clock I let my intuition tell me what time it is, and then I fact check myself by looking at the clock. Right? So that's how I know if I'm in tune or not. Um right. uh, driving, you know. Should I make a left? Should I make a right? Should I stop? Should I slow down? And seeing how that affects my life. Um parking spots, you know. Yeah. Should I get this parking spot or should I make a left? Blank out the mind. Let intuition give you that. You know, just little, little, little spots. You know, you can do a playing game. You know, playing, playing video games. You could let your intuition guide you through a video game. Should I do or that? And then, like, you don't follow your intuition. It's like, oh, I'm dead. Ah, I knew I should have did that, right? Especially like playing games like COD Online or something like that. Like, it's it, all through your life. You just have to learn to let your intuition guide you and stop relying on the intellectual mind so much.
0: And and what it sounds like you're doing, which which. You know it's right up my alley is you make a game out of the developing of the muscle like it's always it's there's an an exercise so all right so so let's go and switch gears a little bit and let's talk about let's talk about currency let's talk about currency uh Mm -hmm. currency is the glue that holds the 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 false reality together like you know Uh it's so, and if you know currency that, currency
1: you, is for currency is for low 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 conscious um civilizations
0: all right all right so walk me through this so if if currency is for low consciousness or uh civilizations then then walk me through then what a higher consciousness version would be and I, i'd like to hear this
1: higher consciousness would be um selfless communism okay voluntary, voluntary communism
0: we, without a monetary policy or without yeah, like, you know you, no you, money. people
1: people would just give to give mm-hmm Right, you say, "Oh, you don't have here. You can have now. We Mm -hmm. have abundance of this. You can have that. You know, the things that have value would no longer have value. You know, what what would what would be valuable would be life, children, um, great relationships. That would be like the things that have value.
0: Right, 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 Um, right. You know,
1: experiences would be would be um, of high value as opposed to things." Um wants and desires would decrease and turn into wants and desires of great experience. You'd have more giving, so on and so forth. Um you know, currency is for civilizations that deal with scarcity. Um and scarcity usually brings about fear. Um so well, when out of fear you get all the seven deadly sins, and then consciousness usually uh sinks from there. All
0: uh, right, definitely so. And so um Uh, One of the things which which I'm always intrigued by is like getting down to the the foundation of something, because you understand the foundation, you understand what resonates with it, you know, you're going to know the fruit which this tree is going to produce. So, so talking a little bit, you know, you're talking 1913 we're talking about like, you know, when we move to to the debt based currency system, uh, on the central bank level. And like to simplify central banking to like this to the easiest way, it's like there's never gonna be enough money. Like the the issuing of like that first amount of money in the money supply comes with like a with a with a with a VIG. And by definition, there's never gonna be enough money in the money supply to pay it back. Not that it's ever supposed to, but what that does is it creates this this um it creates this this fundamental quality of like always chasing 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 is never enough and if you go and you look at what the 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 current and past uh expression of like money is in this like debt based system it's like you know it's like always adding more money it's always like the 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 bust the 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 boom bust cycle uh the stock market always like chasing higher and higher like earnings per share and so forth um and when you go and you you talk to people, you talk to human beings who like you know who 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 are trying to to feel secure to to actually have wealth with with this sort of money. Like you know, how much money do you need to feel like fully satisfied? Maybe not even satisfied. I think safety is the right word. You know, there are lots of studies that that show this. And people are never satisfied. You got a million bucks in the bank. You want three million bucks in the bank. You got ten million bucks in the bank. You want thirty million bucks in the bank, and that is a a a predictive outcome of the foundation of debt-based currency. So the question I have for you, because it is like. Uh, How do you how are you able to work? Because you're right, you're 100 percent right when you're like at the end of the day, all that matters is what are you going to do in the day to day business or your day to day business? And if you can't feed yourself, if you can't live somewhere, you can't provide for your family, then what good are you doing? So like if we're in this system, if you're in the system, you got to play by you got to play with the tools which we know are inherently um, uh, they won't serve us. So what is the, what is the way, what is the approach that you found
1: that? If the money's fake, it should be easier to get. All right, all right. Yeah, if they're, right, If they're printing it like it's going out of style, that means there's plenty for you. If we're dealing with a, a society which is consumer based, all you gotta do is set yourself up as a seller. Everybody's already been their behavior has already been conditioned to be consumers. Mm -hmm. The question is, can you recondition yourself from being a consumer to being a producer, right? So in my book, Dominate Twitter, when people read that, they go, Hotep Jesus turned my mind from a consumer to a producer. That's what the book does. It flips that switch in your head and shows you how to become a producer. And it makes it really easy to become a producer and produce things and and sell and become an online business. but it's a it's a mindset, right? Mm-hmm. But if but if the the people have already been conditioned to be consumers, you just gotta position yourself as a producer and give themselves give them something to consume. It's really easy, you know. If the money is fake, it should be even easier to get. I could see, you know, it was like gold coin or something like that, it'd be a lot different. People were hoarding gold coins, you know. Um, you weren't giving that stuff up. Uh, You know, and, you know, people were hoarding land and things back in the day. You know, right now is the easiest time to get money.
0: The, uh, the 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 freight. What did you say? You said currency is the is is the money of of low consciousness civilizations. And, yeah, and, currency and, is for low conscious civilizations. Right, right without a doubt. And and yeah. the way you you position it, like you know, it's fake. And I think that's that's really 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 significant for people to to like fully grasp because the problem, the 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 way that 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 the 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 mo- one of the ways which money has worked its way on human beings is it they've tied in emotional emotional connection to money one way or the other like you know my self worth or what you know whatever and so like as soon as you got the emotion tied into it well then it's like now it's become it's become a different dynamic now it's like something you need but when you know it's fake when you know it's friggin' fake, you know, you're not like, you know, a picture, a picture of a movie star. You don't fall in love with the picture. You know it's fake. I keep it on my wall and I like to look at it. And so it's like that seems to be like going like one of the most significant things in terms of of, of recognizing how you walk how you have to walk through the system. If we're gonna be in the system, you know, you gotta play some of the games, you gotta know what it is, but like what you just described, like to to see it as fake. And then to be able to then so it's it's currency. It's called currency because it is a it is a wink and a nod to the current, you know, the riverbank's currents. And so riverbank, the current is about one thing when you when you tie it to 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 money, to currency, it's cash flow. It has to be moving. And and so like people aren't gonna like this. And so this is something else, and this will be interesting, is um there's no wealth with currency. There is no wealth with currency. It's an impossibility. Like wealth is an abundance of an asset which will keep its value or grow. And by the nature of what the financial system is, it's gonna to go to zero at some point. And so like, so like wealth is something else. Wealth, wealth is something else. And so currency is just about cash flow and like playing the game. So what about wealth? You know can you, you well in order land in land order to
1: land. understand and understand well if you gotta do the etymology on the word capital All which right. will go back to latin capitale capitale was talking about land that was real capital mm-hmm. like resources was real capital right so that's the game that they play so what they do is they create this fake currency and then they distribute this fake currency let me see, let me see how high I can take, how how high level I can take this. So they produced said currency. For example, if we look at the Bretton Woods Agreement and they made the United States of America tie their currency to the gold standard. And then the uh, IMF, International Monetary Fund was supposed to be the fund to which, you know, the resources were distributed to foreign nations. So no other nation was supposed to be tied to a gold standard just the United States, but the other nations, you know, using their fiat currency, they could deviate yeah. currency anytime they wanted, but the funny thing is they could turn their currency in at any time. Uh, for gold that the United States possessed. And then, you know, what happened was later on, you had the Nixon shock where they had to take us off the gold standard because the United States treasury was bleeding gold. So the question is, who did this gold go to? You see what happens is the system is rigged so that what they do is they convince you to give them real valuable assets in exchange for this fake currency. Now, once they, once they, once they do that, they also play the other side of the game where they take the fake currency and they make you trade that, for example, they'll come to you and say, oh, you got land here, take this fake currency, give me your land, right, so now they, they're trading that fake currency they got for land. Then when the system crumbles they're sitting there with all the land and the resources and the guns and you're left with this fiat currency because you thought you thought the, the money was wealth. No, that's not how the game works capital is resources and land. So you have to do is you you don't want to hold on to money. You want to trade the money for something that actually has value, something that can actually be used. Some people people often ask me, they say, um, what is it that I should purchase that is the best investment? And I tell them the best investment is guns and ammo, firearms and ammo. That is the best investment bar none. I don't care you know, when, what time period you fast forward or rewind to, guns are going to either be um, you know that guns are just going to be high value i mean you go look at you know what the price of guns has done you know over the last year i remember you get an ar-15 for 300 you can't even find them now <laughs> you know you're going to, have to get a used one you're gonna to have to build it you might have to 3d print some parts <laughs> but um you know, you 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 want to, and then you know, un, underneath guns, I would say is land. And the reason why I say guns is because guns are going to protect your land. It's going to protect even the little fiat currency you do have, or the little gold bullion you do have. You're going to need to protect it, otherwise, somebody's going to come rob you and take it from you. And that's another thing that the um, oligarchs understood it was when they um, when they would do this, they would they would possess massive armies or massive teams of security. So that if people did rebel, you know, well, how are you going to get past that massive army and security that they have? They'll just, you know, yeah. blow your head off. But you know, when we look at, um, you know, John Law, in France, and what he tried to do with that system, and he was dealing with fractional reserve currency, and he didn't have as much gold as he said he did, and whatnot. You had the same thing happening there. You know, you had poor people became rich overnight. Due to speculation and investment in things like the Louisiana Territory in America, uh, which was a French uh, um, possession, and uh, you know, so and then after that whole thing turned out to be nothing but swampland, you know, same people became poor. But again, they were dealing in fiat. They weren't, they weren't trading that in for anything real. They were buying like securities in some company or something like that. But the so company was like, a you know, basically a shell company, there was nothing real behind it. Um, but the people who were smart took that fiat currency and they were buying land and building castles. So when it was all said and done. They had farmland, they had animals, they had livestock, you know, stuff that could sustain you and your family for years to come. So when the fiat currency died, they're like, oh, well, I'm good. And you know, I got my chickens, I got my goat, I got my cow. i got a couple of people living here on my on my territory. We can take care of them too. They're poor and broke, so they're not going anywhere. So I can still live like a king, even though the fiat currencies are done. The other thing they were doing was swapping that stuff for gold and, and speculating on gold and speculating on silver, speculating on copper and all these things. So they were always trading in their fiat notes while everybody else was playing with the fiat notes. So that's how, you know, the um the rich was staying rich over the course of centuries because they they tricked people into taking monopoly money for real resources.
0: So what's your thought on um on the on the coming currency or the transitional currency, the cryptocurrency?
1: Well, that's not a transitional currency. You don't think? Oh, absolutely not. Bitcoin is not a currency. Bitcoin is a reserve asset. All right. So ask somebody that, as some, as, as, Yeah. Uh ask somebody to give you some Bitcoin for something. They ain't paying for a bitcoin. They might give you a little bit of Dogecoin or something like that, but people ain't paying for stuff with Bitcoin. Nobody wants to give up their Bitcoin. It's going to go up in price. Why would you do that? That's stupid. Um, So in order to do that, we have to uh, talk about my modification to Gresham's law. Gresham's law says uh, good money, um, bad money drives out good money. So for example, what happened was you had bad money, aka fiat, and you had good money, which was gold. And what happened was the bad money would drive gold out of the market. People understood, hey, this is bad money. I'm going to hold on to these gold coins, or I'll just speculate in the foreign markets with these gold coins, right? Because the exchange rate might be better in France, it might be better in England. So I'll do, you know, I'll do some speculation where if I can get, for example, there was a lot of silver mining happening in Mexico. So though the gold, silver would be cheap here, right? So instead of spending my silver here, I'll take my silver and trade it for gold overseas because silver was rarer In the foreign in a foreign market, so I got more for my my money over there. So the bad money was driving out the good. So what I modified is I say, you know, Hotep Jesus' law of monetary theory says that bad money turns good money into reserve asset, into a reserve asset. So Bitcoin is a reserve asset because what people do is they store their labor in Bitcoin. You work for this money. You don't want to keep it in a savings account because you're you're losing value there. So you move it to Bitcoin. So move it to Ethereum. People aren't treating these things like currencies. So that's
0: how does then that that kind of tie in like, you know, uh, you were using, you're using like gold and silver as an example in the past. Like, how do you then tie that into something which has uh, only, how can you, how, how does it have an intrinsic value when it is based upon a, uh, a, a system which is not intrinsically established, like you know, a, a gold mine is like a real gold mine. Like a data, a data center is is limited to a bunch of things.
1: What like gives what gold? gold what, what 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 gives gold its value? Well, just
0: an agreed upon, just an agreed upon.
1: So it's not but much different. But gold
0: doesn't than... go away per se in the same way that something which only exists, uh, um, like as as a uh, as a digital asset though it has your money, some real implications in the physical
1: world how much of your money do you have physical or is it mostly exists digitally
0: oh i am not disagreeing with you the fact no that i'm just real. saying
1: uh, yeah, how most much do most I of I have? it ex- I would say no no I, most of it you would say is digital right
0: 99% like we're already yeah.
1: there well that that's my point that's my point this isn't new we've already been moved to digital currencies. We've been moved
0: to that. that.
1: Long time ago, you know, people don't keep dollars in a safe like they used to, right? You don't do that. You used to take your dollars and you put it in the bank, maybe, and then you pull your physical, but now your money is numbers on a screen. Even your USD is numbers on a screen. So when people talk about, hey, you know, Bitcoin is just numbers on a screen. I'm like, how is that different from what we're experiencing right now? Now the difference between the fiat currency and bitcoin is the fact that. um, Somebody had to pay for that bitcoin somebody had to risk. Something for that bitcoin. When you talk about mining right so back in the day you you risked your life mining right you had to go inside of mines, you had to chip away and you got this little gold thing I got gold right well now. You got something called an electric bill. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So you had to give up something for the opportunity or the chance to win this Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. That's what gives Bitcoin its value. The fact that you had to burn a natural resource to get it. So when people say, what is Bitcoin backed by? I say Bitcoin is backed by the earth because we had to use some power plant somewhere. That power plant is pulling its resources from the earth. It had to pull that resource from somewhere and you had to pay your company, you know, whatever electric company you got, you had to pay them to run however many kilowatts it took to mine that Bitcoin. Now there's a lot of people who mine Bitcoin and never win a block reward. They are just paying, so that that energy, that money is still going into the economy you see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it doesn't it, it 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 doesn't operate like gold. It's it's nothing like gold. It's it's digital gold, which is a better I, I way to say it. But I still wouldn't even compare it to gold. This is something like completely different. Yeah, yeah. Which is why I say you know it's fine to hoard gold, but again, gold ain't the same as holding guns. <laughs> Right? Like, if this was uh, an apocalypse, the zombie apocalypse hit today, worldwide, what's going to be more valuable? Fiat, Bitcoin, gold, or guns?
0: I, I, I hear you. It's definitely going to be the guns when the zombies come.
1: Right. So when people talk about when people try to compare gold to Bitcoin or Bitcoin or fiat, I'm like, man, all of this stuff is based upon people's emotions. It's all the same thing at the end of the day. It's just we're agreeing upon its value because of whatever. It's just that Bitcoin is more sound in fiat. One because there's only going to be 21 million coins in circulation ever and the last one's not going to be mined to like 2150 or something like that. And um and the fact that somebody has to spend money for just for the opportunity to win the block reward, which is why you have these mining pools where people are like, "All right, look, let's put all of our Processing power together for opportunity to win one of these bitcoins. And then we'll split it up based upon um, you know, the mining power that everybody contributed, right? But at the end of the day, somebody had to risk something for that Bitcoin to come into this world. And that's what makes Bitcoin different.
0: That's that's where where the value originates. Yeah, that and so it's it's interesting because like risk risk is inherently like uh, uh, an emotional experience. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, it's like, you feel like, wow, I don't want to lose this. Otherwise, it wouldn't be a risk, it would be like, oh, I could take the trash out. So it's it's interesting to see, you know, how the how emotion like how you spelled that out, the emotion is tied with it. Uh, mm. One of the things which I've always which which has always caught my attention was the amount of, um, Energy con, uh, consumption, which just Bitcoin itself uh, uh, does, I think, like they're comparing it to the the country of Argentina, is like it. The, to run Bitcoin, you know, is is it's it's the same sort of thing. And so the electricity and energy model is 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 really significant. And what I what I personally thought, you know, what caught my attention is like. Oh, that's why the same family owns all of the power plants because they just owned all of the shares. Of the Federal Reserve we're going to own like the the backup of all of the systems. Uh-huh. Uh, so, so, uh, so, and and what I'm finding fascinating, we keep on like kind of like I feel like we're we're like looking at a lot of these things. Uh, uh, this we're looking at different things, but we keep on discovering the same thing. And it seems like you have this really, really. Um, uh, this this uh technique like in the most general sense of like yeah this is how you go and you walk through the matrix this is how you do it and it's like if you're gonna be in the friggin matrix this is how you, how you do it and then with this this uh um really Interesting way of then recognizing, like by doing the right thing. Well, then you're going to go and inspire that in other people. Like that's just contagious. Like there are certain things that are contagious. That's so, and that's a good contagious. I think most of the things they tell us are contagious. They're bad is bullshit. I'm blind. Mm-hmm. I don't believe any of their immunity bullshit. Anyway, so I want to. uh it's been a real pleasure, and I've I've I really enjoyed this 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 education. So I got this one last question for you. So I want you to just like walk me through uh, if you have this. Like, what do you see the next five years looking like? Just in any in any way you want to talk about
1: it. I don't know. I don't know. You know, like, you know, the, one of the things about consciousness is presence. They say always be present. I'm so focused on the right now that the future for me is whatever I say it is. So when you say, what is it, you know, five years from now, you know, it's just like, should I take time to stop and think about what the world looks like five years from now, or should I just like focus on right now? The only, the only, I do that in spurts, right? So for example, I'm in uh, synthetic media, AKA, deep fakes, I'm in AI, I'm in crypto. So I survey where the future is going to be. And I set up shop in a spot so that when the future comes, I'm I'm in a place where I can reap the rewards, right? So beyond that, I don't really look into the future, right? Because history repeats itself, I study the past, I study history, and I just see cycles. right? so I'm looking for where we are in that cycle okay? and I used to be able to spot it in things like fashion, I used to be able to spot it in things like hip hop, um, but I stopped contemplating on things like that because I'm just so like, and plus things have gotten so weird, we're like on this alternate timeline, so it's really hard to say where we're going to be five years from now, especially since they practiced this accelerationism because everything's accelerating now. Their plans are accelerating, especially last year with the huge reset or whatever they want to call it, VENT 201. So they're accelerating their plans. Um, What I do know is that look at China. If you want to know where we will be five years from now, look at where China was five years ago, and that's where we'll be. If you looked at China five years ago, people were walking around wearing masks. Well, fast forward, United States. Well, we're wearing masks now, right? So, if you want to know where we'll be, like I said, like history repeats itself. Find a cycle. Just find some place where this stuff has already happened, and you can see where you're gonna be. So, just look at China, and you know, so you're gonna. So, what's China dealing with? Well, you you really don't have much rights. You got this mix between capitalism and communism, which we already have. Um, You got. High amounts of surveillance, which we already have, it's just going to get worse. So what's to come next? Well, social credit score. They've implemented that in in China, and technically that exists now. You have a social credit score. It's called getting deplatformed <laughs> for having the wrong views. It's called, um, for example, Gab, banned the state of Texas by the governor. Uh, Gap getting canceled by the fifth bank in five months, right? The banks are just saying, hey, we don't want to take your money, right? Because we don't like you for whatever reason. We don't agree with how you think. So you can be ostracized from society. So social credit score actually exists already. It's just informal. Right? So, you know, we're going to be five years from now, take a look at China, that's where we're headed. You know, that's why I'm like, I'm setting up shop to make myself exempt. Because if I tell people we're headed away of China, people will say, oh, no, we're not. We got the constitution and there's no way they're going to tread on me. I'm just like, bro, they already have treaded on you. What are you talking about? They just took away all your rights and locked you up last year. What are you talking about? And then they're going to have the whole thing with the passports and did you have the needle or not? and uh the in- installation of dmv was a was a straight jacking of your rights you know and tell you who and when you can travel and paying them for all this different thing and licenses needing a license to do hair and all these different you know pieces of nonsense which can be regulated by the private market but uh yeah you wanna know where we're going look at china that's america F- five years ago whatever china was that's what America will be now in five years. Actually, I would say whatever China is right now, that's where we'll be in five years. It's probably gonna accelerate that far. Yeah. 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 You know. And so- then and then and then there's the dichotomy, right? Because we always gotta bifurcate things, right? So we got people like me and you who are conscious. What happens to us? We disappear. Technically, yes. Technically, yes, but we're still here. It's just that we won't be seen in the mainstream. What's gonna happen is you're gonna have a split where you're gonna have mainstream, you have underground. I think the best movie to illustrate this was Demolition Man. And it's more euphemistically speaking, but you know, these people were technically living like in the sewers underground, but that's where the freedom existed. So we're gonna head into a space where there's gonna be two internets there's gonna be two everything, right? So you're gonna have two financial systems, two internets, two everything. It's gonna be like an alt-life, alt mm-hmm. so to speak. And you'll have people who will exist in the mainstream way of doing things, then you'll have alt-life. Then you have some people which would be hybrid, which will live between the two. Mm-hmm. And this is probably 10 years down the line, maybe mm-hmm. more, where you're gonna have like alt-life. And the people in alt-life, are going to have to be more technical savvy because they're going to need things like um, infrastructure, because what they're going to do is going to take away your right to cell phones going to take away your right to power, electricity and water, so on and so forth, so alt life is going to be really, really difficult to live. um, For many people. Um, Some will live like kings, I will live like a king in the alt life because i'm preparing for alt life as it is now. Right. So, um, and I'll try to help as many people as I can, you know, but the resources are finite. And uh, if you try on me, you will be shot dead. Anyway, um, <laughs> but yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna be, uh, we're gonna be in a place of, uh, it's gonna be, you know, mainstream, which a, a lot of the, the sheep are gonna think is the way to go, but they're gonna be controlled. They're not gonna have freedom. All life you're gonna to have to be underground. You're even gonna you're even gonna to have to have like, it's gonna be two economy. So you have an alt economy because you need a way of life and a way of living. So you know that's where mm-hmm. we're headed. And so then it's gonna be a battle between mainstream and alt life. And 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 that's where things really get interesting. And and then that's why I said it's like the year three thousand because what you're gonna see is, um, alt life is gonna slowly get better. And overtake mainstream, and then we'll have the moment of enlightenment around the year 3000, where alt life becomes this like way to be.
0: So, I uh, that was freaking fantastic, thank you. But what I like the best is my favorite thing it's like, nah, you know, I don't really look five years in the in the future, like, I like being present, but let me tell you, a thousand years in the future. <laughs> 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 yeah, that, that, uh, you know what like it's like that was that was a beautiful beautiful way of painting it and i like that it's like you know that's it's uh we i think that we've covered a lot of really interesting things both tangible and and consciousness and understanding like how what's uh where we are and what's unfolding uh thank you so much for your time and i want to give you an opportunity to tell people where they can find you because i know a lot of people are gonna um you you talked about a whole bunch of different things you talked about a book you talked about like you know all of your different places. so so, so please tell people where they can
1: find you. Yeah, so if you wanna survive as an alt life person, <laughs> go to hotepjesus.com, uh, get both of my books. One of them is on the unbreakable rules of masculinity. Masculinity is a very, very deep subject, um, which is why we're in a place we are right now is because there's a lack of masculinity and the world has been uh, The rise of feminism. Um, men have been stripped um, a lot of it through wars. You know, people think about the black community, what killed the black community. I always tell people that the biggest thing that killed black community was war, World War II and Vietnam War. Nothing destroyed us worse than those two things. And Jim Crow does not even it pales comparison. Um and then the final blow was of course the um the uh, uh, uh um, the drug laws that um I believe it was uh Nixon that employed because we got addicted to drugs in Vietnam, and they came back and they locked us up. So there was mass incarceration that followed. Um, But again, when you take the man out of the household, things tend to go in disarray. It leaves a woman unprotected. So I wrote The Unbreakable Rules of Masculinity. Um, It's definitely uh, a guide on teaching men how to have great relationships with women and how to find his peace with women, because what I realized is what women is, uh, all a man really wants is peace. He just wants to find peace. He doesn't want stress. and then I have Dominate Twitter, which again, alt life is gonna show you how to survive in any economy based upon um, human psychology. Um, that book, um, Unbreakable Rules of Masculinity is right now is in a curriculum in a university, I believe it's Texas A&M in a psychology course. Dominate Twitter was considered to be presented at Yale for doctors. Um, so um, by um, uh, a, a doctor, um, Unbreak, uh dominate Twitter was also co-signed by a psychologist um who's been a psychologist for for over uh, two decades and he said it was the best thing he bought he bought several courses on Twitter and he said my book was the best thing he wrote. The funny thing is he didn't realize was that those other courses those people bought my book before they made their courses and they still couldn't get the essence of what makes my book great. They couldn't get that right. And they took some of the service level stuff. You know some of the prescriptions, and not so much the the mentality. Um and 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 so that's why they missed the essence of it but he said the book is very meta and he said he wish he had it at 20 years old his life would be completely different if he did uh so that teaches you how to turn your mind from a consumer to a producer and it makes being a producer or a entrepreneur um so much easier it's basically the formula you know you can take you know usually it takes like five to ten years to really or usually five years to really get going in your business uh you know you read my book you chop that down to like one year you know, it's just more experience, but I've taken all my experience of launching like dozens of businesses and shown you here's, you know, I just cut away the meat and just get you the bare bones. Here's what's really going to matter. You can try all these other things. Yeah, cool. Everybody's going to say, oh, go make content. Go do this. Go do that. Nah, here's what really works. So that's at hotepjesus.com. Both and of those books. Yeah.
0: Fantastic. It sounds like, uh, you know, <laughs> I admire someone who can put out that much information into it. So uh, well done. And uh, they sounds fascinating topics and very, very uh, complimentary. It doesn't sound like it on the surface, but they go hand in hand. So you thank you for your time. Uh, and this was an incredibly enlightening and enjoying, enjoyable conversation.
1: It's a pleasure, man. Thank you for having me. Uncle Mike.